WCB Podcast, your source for all things Chicago Blackhawks and everything hockey, with your host, Let's do it. Jeremy and Tanner. All right. It's another, it's another edition of the WCD podcast. Uh, it's Jeremy. It's Tanner. What's up, bud? Nothing much, man. You know, just having a pretty decent week of hockey. Yeah, not too bad. Not too bad. Um, let's get right into it. Uh, Hawks finished one, two, and one this week. And the theme of the first three games of the week was be competitive. But don't win. Yeah. And that's exactly what they did. They mm. started hot and then we're like, oh, we've they, we feel comfortable with what we've done here. Now <laughs> you may take it away. <laughs> and they kicked things off in Detroit like that when uh came out fucking firing with Taylor Radish picking up two goals, his 15th and 16th of the year. Um, Yeah, he is a great. Had a great fucking week. Uh, spoiler alert, he'll probably come up in three stars of the week. Um, but yeah, Reichel picks up another point, uh, his fourth assist of the year. And Anthony Anthony picked up his 12th assist on the power play goal for the first goal of the game. And then Gutman, his first career assist, and Connor Murphy with his fifth assist of the year. And then after that, it was all Detroit in the second period with uh, Wallman and Dylan Larkin picking up goals. Um, Larkin coming off that fresh contract signing. Oh, yeah. Um, and then Joey Anderson, I think that was his first goal as a Hawk, wasn't it? it? Yep, it was. So he picks up, gets the Hawk back on top. And then Lucas Raymond says, nope, taking this back, ties it up, 3-3. Three, three. And then wouldn't you know, a Blackhawk from last season, revenge tour, Dominic Kubelik, game-winning goal. With love it. About four <laughs> minutes left in the game, I believe it was. Yeah. Yeah. And, <laughs> yeah. Detroit won that one four to three. Yeah, you know, that's fine. <laughs> that's all it's all good, you know. Um it's one of the things I was gonna say about Taylor Radish is that's I think is kind of funny. It's you don't I don't really ever realize he's on the ice until he's about to shoot because I feel like everyone else will have the puck and then they get it to him and he's ripping. <laughs> the rest of the team is doing the 99%. And then Taylor Radish has got that that 1% to just go. I'm like, oh, yeah, I'll take it. Thanks for doing all the work, boys. I will finish this up. Thanks for moving. And nice little goal. Hey, he sets himself like right up, right in the slot and ready to power at home. I fucking love it. It's great. <laughs> and we've said this before. We loved, we loved Hagel. But you know what? I love that we got Radish out of that. Yeah. It's so worth it. Um, yeah, I think this was what? This was another Mrazic game, right? No, stay lock. Stay lock. You didn't do too bad. 37 for 30, 41, uh, 902 save percentage. Yeah. I mean, I mean, they keep them in the games like, like we've always been saying. That's what they do. Fast forward to Friday. Um, Blackhawks against the Panthers. Panthers forget that they were the president's trophy winning team last season. I mean, they're, they're kind of a different team this year. They are such a different team this year. Like, holy crap, how, the, how bad they've fallen off. Um, but yet they're still somehow in the playoff on. And I figured this was a game that they need, they needed a win. Um, they got their win, but it was a little too close to call for them. 
Uh, yeah. Caleb, Caleb Jones gets the Hawks on the board first. And then Boris. Boris. Boris gets his third of the season to make it 2 nothing. Just crashing the net, man. Crashing the net. The garbage goal. I was golfing, so yeah. I didn't see. I just happened to look up at the screen and see that the Hawks were up with like almost halfway through the third period. I'm like, what the fuck is going on? Yeah, it was it was a good game. I mean, uh, I think Mrazic was in there for this one. Yeah, he played great. And like <laughs> another one of those games where the stats don't reflect how well he played because I mean he had a shutout going all the way through halfway in the third period. And then that's when Florida was really clamping down and Matthew Kachuk just, he didn't score, but he had three primary assists. Like he got it to the guy that ended up like having all day or it was just, yeah, it was, they, they clamped it down. Um, but I was like, all right, cool. It's one of, another one, just like Detroit. I was like, all right, Hey, we played great. Let them take it away. That's fine with me. And then um, Gutman hit a fucking yeah. <laughs> yeah. Gutman forced OT. It was great. I love I love seeing that though. Still because of the fight that they throw out there and um, there's what forty five seconds hit, left too. Yeah, him just setting up on the side of the net. There was just a mad scramble and he just swats it in. Um, God, yeah, he's so good. I'm I'm gonna be real excited for next season when he's fully healthy yeah we'll get to that one a little bit here um but uh brandon brandon montour scored probably one of the cooler goals of the year in overtime to win it when it was just like i don't think it was a pass i think it might have been deflected but he was the puck was coming down out of the air and he before the puck like even touches the ice he's just swatting it backhand and it goes right between Razik's legs and he's just like you gotta be fucking kidding me (laughs) (laughs) it was kind of it was pretty neat yeah, I was texting with Rossi, who friend of the show covers the Panthers for Hockey Buzz, and I was like, "What the hell, man! You can't just hold on to the lead for forty-five more seconds." And he goes, yeah, right. "Story of the season." He's like, "They do just enough to, but to let the team come back into it, and then it's well, like the amount of games that they've lost because of that, like last-minute goals and stuff like that." It's probably karma for last year because they, towards the end of the year, they were literally like the comeback kids. That's they true. were always doing comeback wins. Like they were down and come back and win, but that they're just not pulling that same magic this year. But it's a, it's kind of a different structured team. Like when the game was going on, I forgot it was like, uh, I think you, I think Mark Stahl got a penalty, and I was just like, I completely forgot Mark Stahl was in the fucking league. Eric Stahl's on the team too, isn't he? Yeah, he is. <laughs> he played 15 minutes, which is crazy because I don't even remember seeing him once. Yeah, Mark Stahl played 20 minutes. I don't even remember. <laughs> I don't even remember seeing him out there. It's crazy. Is this kind of is this season that Kachuk's having for Florida kind of establishing him as like a superstar? Like, oh yeah, I think he, he I think he's been kind of established as a established? superstar, but because he was in Calgary. And those games are super late for everybody that's not West Coast. They'd really see it besides when he would be like shooting shit at it, like uh, Drew Doughty. Yeah. But yeah, dude, he's so nasty. Yeah. He's so good. I still he's... think Florida's going to win that trade long term. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Because in eight years from now, that Matthew Kachuk's only 32, and you have Huberto and Uyghur at like 37 and 38. Like it's, it's a long term, like huge dub. Yeah. But I mean, both teams are sitting outside the playoffs right now. So, like, 
did anybody actually is it is it actually a lose lose? <laughs> yeah. But and then uh next night back to back Florida trip, Blackhawks, Tampa Bay. Um Tampa Bay struggling. We talked about it a little bit last episode. When yeah. the Wikipedia Masters, you know, just giving, oh, it, like, giving it to Tampa. So I was a little nervous that the Hawks were gonna win this game. True. I, <laughs> I was uh, a little nervous the Hawks are gonna win this game. <laughs> Every game so far, like over the past couple of weeks, like they've just been playing well as a team, man. Like it's like I'm so nervous they're gonna win this game. Fuck. <laughs> I did not get to watch this game. The only thing I saw was Brandon Hagel's empty net goal. Oh, no way. Yeah. Um, I don't – fuck, man. I, like, I was paying attention to the game, but it all just kind of runs together because Mrazic played great. Vasilevsky was solid. Uh, the one thing I remember on Taylor Radish's goal, and I was like, I was like, oh, that's really cool. Like, these guys were all technically a part of the Tampa Bay, like, um, organization like prior to this year because Cole Gutman was a draft pick by them that didn't sign. Uh, Tyler Johnson was traded. He was on their team for a super long time. And Taylor Radish was literally just a prospect that ended up gotten traded. So we had a full like previous Tampa Bay, like kind of line right there that scored or that contributed to my goal. It was pretty sick. Yeah. I didn't realize it was tied going into a minute left in that game. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was, it was a super close one, man. Like, Mrazek played fantastically. Yeah, Mrazek 34 for 36 and 944 save percentage. Like, he is, like, I feel bad for him because he gets this bad rap or this rap of being, like, a, a, a joke goalie, like, not good anymore and all that kind of stuff. But look at what he's doing on mm-hmm. essentially a minor league hockey team. Well, like, it's just, like, some goalies thrive when they're just – being peppered and some just are solid shutdown guys that are only good with like 20 or so shots like that you can count on. But then if you give them like 30 to 40, they're going to fucking be Swiss cheese. Yeah. It's it's so like, it's really weird. Like the guys that gain the momentum by getting more shots suffer from facing less shots. So it could be like that situation with Mrazic. Cause I don't know how defensively Toronto was, or I know Carolina is pretty solid defensively. So like if he wasn't, as seen as like that valuable because of that like that's the way i kind of was a little bit sometimes i was like the more shots i face the better i'll feel yeah. but it it's it's so weird because it's just such a a psyche thing but also like how quality are the shots you know like Mrazic's facing a lot of really quality shots he's making a lot of great saves yeah, there's <laughs> a big difference between getting a bunch of shots to right in your chest versus having yeah. to go side to side and you know make these big ass saves that he's been making all year and you mentioned him last week too and it's like if he can stay healthy next year and oh keep- it wasn't Vasilevsky I forgot it was it was Elliot that was in that sorry um but if he can stay healthy and keep keeps putting a performance like this he might be able to be trade bait to come trade deadline next year and, that's what I'm saying yeah Especially if so, if like a team gets like any kind of goalie injury, like the Hawks will have no cap retained on any previous trade. I actually, sorry, McCabe. Um, they'll have they'll be able to retain cap, and Mrazic's only three point nine million. So if any team needs like at least a solid backup, like maybe their goaltending's a little shaky, and see if Mrazic can just come in, getting Mrazic at half of what he makes. So. Like one point nine. Oh yeah, do that any day. Pretty sick. Yeah, that's definitely. at least a, that if he if he continues what he was doing this year, man, that's at least a second. 
Oh yeah, definitely. Um, Brandon Hagel put the put the empty netter to to seal this one three to one. So <laughs> the last goal of the game comes from an X Hawk. Yes, <laughs> just like Detroit. <laughs> but there you go. That those those are the first three games we were talking about. All of them were extremely close up until the very end. I mean, yeah. it's a competitive team, and we're going to touch on that in a second. But next, we have to talk about last night's game from when we're recording this. The Boston Bruins came to town. And yep. what the actual fuck I, I turned to my wife, and I was like, oh, man, the Hawks are playing the number one team in the league right now. They're setting records. I was like, they are going to get smoked so fucking hard <laughs> because they last time they did. But this yeah, time, six to completely one. different story. Yeah. Um, Boston, if you don't know, is just on a mission from God to be the greatest team in NHL history. They are already, what is it, 50, 50 wins. They're the fastest team in NHL history to 50 wins. Okay, they, so before we even go any further, I had saw somebody write, I was reading comments on all sorts of shit because, like, why not suffer from people's stupid comments? Um, but somebody did bring up a good point that, like, sure, Boston is, like, the quickest team to 50 wins in this kind of format. Because prior to this, teams could end in ties. And so there was, like, some team that they, the person was bringing up that was, like, the 1977, like, Montreal Canadiens, who games just that, like, Boston would be technically evaded the same rules, I guess. I didn't really look into it. I kind of just, like, went off of what they said because, like, this kind of makes sense, though. Like, if they went off the same rules where it ended in ties, they would have 43 wins. So what you're saying is because they have 43 regulation wins right now. No, no, no. I know. But what you're saying is Boston, no matter what they do, deserve an asterisk next to their name. And I'm all for putting an asterisk (laughs) next to Boston team's accomplishment. In in the current format, sure, they are the quickest team to 50 wins in NHL history. I don't know. Anything could have happened. But teams you stand in ties, they no longer do that. Those counts as du- those count as W's now. So <laughs> yeah, it makes you wonder, like what, like even the the ninety five ninety six Detroit team that holds the record for for best record in NHL history, yeah, they had ties. They could have done if they could have had a shootout or something like at the end of the game instead of just ending in a tie. That's a very good point. I've never even thought about it that way. Holy yeah, God. same. Like, yes. Looking for a and way then, to like discredit Boston and make your, your accomplishment look less, and we figured it out. Let's go. <laughs> I, it's Yeah, it feels good. <laughs> Fuck you, Edwards. Fuck you, Mershant. Fuck you. <laughs> Let's see. Yeah, they had seven ties. They could add even more points. I mean, that yeah, team was tearing it up. It was, what, 62, 13? 13 and 7. Yeah. Do you, I mean, if you add just like four more wins there, that's even that's even harder to reach, you know. Like so essentially, five. yeah, coming into this game, the Boston Bruins needed to go thirteen and five to surpass Detroit. Okay. So now, but they ran into the super hot Blackhawks, the best <laughs> team in the NHL, Chicago Blackhawks, because they beat Boston. So by by law, the Blackhawks are now the best team in the NHL. The bylaw. Yeah. They are now they since Boston was the first team to clinch a playoff spot, by law, the Blackhawks are now in the playoffs. And Boston is now in the draft lottery. No, I don't like that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
What's up, guys? I just want to talk to you real quick about a cool event that's happening soon on April 8th at 2.30 p.m. at the Allstate Arena. Uh, the Chicago Wolves and the Veterans Hockey League present the Wolves Warrior Classic, featuring the Carolina Warriors facing off against Chicago's very own Level Zero Heroes. Um, we've talked about the Veterans Hockey League before. We've played in it. Um, it's They do awesome work keeping um, veterans on the ice and you know try to just get them the help they need uh, once they come back uh, from overseas um, this is a big event for the same U foundation um, the same U foundation is uh, for brain injury recovery um, and also other cool stuff um, i'm going to throw a link in the description below to get for you to do more research on the uh, the event if you want to hear more about it um, it is definitely a a must check out event. Um, and if you can't make it out there, there's definitely ways that you can donate to same you, um, and to level zero heroes, um, to help them, you know, achieve their goals of helping out veterans. Um, again, that's the wolves warrior classic April 8th at the all state arena at two 30 PM. This one. Yeah, I don't, I, I, again, I couldn't watch this one. Um, but just getting the notifications and then the group chat, like just like just what is going on? <laughs> like, uh, Ant Whistle gets his third of the season, makes it one nothing. Then Lindholm... so his his goal is super weird. I don't know if you saw the highlights of it, but oh, he just God. he it's just a play that he breaks up in the defensive zone and just speeds down the boards. The defenseman just takes a look back to see if anybody's coming that he needs to like cover as well, like cover the passing lane. He hits the Jets a little bit harder, curls right around him. <laughs> I don't know if he intentionally did this. He does not even shoot the puck. <laughs> he just like one hands it like he's going to carry it across the front. And then Allmark just misses the poke check and it goes fucking five hole as he's cutting across the, the, the crease. And I'm just like, what did he, did he intentionally like poke it in or did he just like lose it? Like what the fuck just happened? Knowing Entwistle, he, he just lost it. I feel. Yeah, like... man. Cause if he tried to shoot it, he'd miss the net. <laughs> I'm so done with that whistle, man. I really am. <laughs> he scored finally. It's like he does really well in the preseason, and so the coach is like, "Yeah, he's gonna he's gonna definitely make the roster," and then he doesn't do anything. Yeah. So, um, then Boston ties it up in the second period. Um, a lot of goals in the last like five minutes of the second period. Lindholm ties it up. Then Joey Anderson gets a second as a hawk to make it two to one. Then Frederick scores to make it two to two with like 20, 12 seconds left in the, in the third period. Then Second. the third period kicks off with Paul Valza uh, Zaka scoring to make it three to two. And then it's like, okay, all is right in the world. The best team in hockey right now has got a, uh, his a lead. The Hawks are screwed. Let's just, you, you, you made it close. The let's the just Hawks have played go. well. Now let's let it go. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> The Hots go on to score four unanswered goals. <laughs> <laughs> One was, wasn't the last one an empty netter or no? I don't. Uh, probably. Yeah, it was. I think it, I think it was. Yeah, Taylor Radish puts his 18th. Oh, of, yeah, it was. His 18th of the season. Then Boris scores an absolute filthy goal. Oh, Boris. Hit. I didn't even know Boris could do that. <laughs> he just, he what did he do? He just toe dragged around the defenseman and then just rips it far side high. Fucking and, pass him too. I, I, oh my god man like <laughs> i just have to watch the highlight one more time because yeah going just towing toe dragging the defenseman at like the blue line 
speeding in and ripping it high, far side. And, and like when I first saw the highlight, I was like, who the hell was that? <laughs> Come to find out, Boris Kachuk. Just, I don't know, man. We might have won that Tampa train. <laughs> yeah, right. Boris goes from being a guy that I didn't even think existed, was a made up player, to scoring one of the filthiest goals of the season. Like, mm-hmm. well done, kid. Well done. Um, then Taylor Radish on the power play, get the insurance goal, make it 5-3, his 19th of the season. And then with 45 seconds left, empty net goal, Taylor Radish puts it away, first career hat trick, 20th goal of the season. And the Blackhawks, just as everybody expected, beats the Boston Bruins 6-3. to yeah. what, what the fuck? What the they, actual fuck? Yeah, I mean, they even out hit them. They scored on the power play. They kept them off the board on the power play. Jesus. They just, uh, the Hawks came and outplayed the Bruins, but I don't know how much, like, the Bruins clinching a playoff spot, a playoff spot factors into it at all, but if you're gonna if you're gonna lighten up this point of the season, what all your starters are playing, like that's not looking good. Oh. And like I said weeks ago, water always finds its levels. <laughs> this is Boston going <laughs> just going downhill. Well, they've lost. That's like their third loss in four games or something like that. They've lost to Edmonton. Yeah. They've lost to Detroit, and now the Blackhawks. The only team the game they won in the last four was against Detroit to clinch it. Yeah, and. All I have to say is thank God we don't play them again this year because that next game after that embarrassment would be fucking brutal. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, it's a, it's a it's a good one. So naturally, Blackhawks win a game against the best team in the league. Hawks Twitter and social media fucking freaks out all those fans and all that because they won a game. Ooh, or God forbid they won a game. Um, yeah. So we'll take a look at the bottom of the stage right now really quick. Columbus beat San Jose last night in overtime. So Columbus got two more points. They're at 49. San Jose got one point, so they're at 51. Hawks are at uh, 52. Um, disadvantage for the Hawks is they have a game in hand on San, uh, San Jose. And I don't know if it's an advantage or disadvantage yet, but Columbus has a game in hand on the Hawks. So... um. I don't know. I, I'm I'm still not worried. I still don't think. The only thing that's worrying me now is San Jose, because San Jose is now one seven and two in their last ten. Ooh, and they are looking very bad. What's crazy to me is the fact that San Jose is like bottom of the league with the Norris Trophy candidate. <laughs> that that was an interesting thing that kind of bugged me. Um, I think Jackie Redmond posted about or was saying something about it like oh eric carlson's the norris trophy winner but it um but it, it, it's for more reasons like but just because he's playing bad defensively doesn't mean he shouldn't win it and i'm like the norris trophy is for the best defenseman like that's where it's like they need to come up with another award for the best offensive defenseman and the best defensive defensive defenseman. Yeah. and we've been saying this for years and it's like Carlson's going to be the greatest, best example of why that needs to happen. Yeah. Because there's no reason well, why Carlson should be winning thing, it. The thing that's crazy is that everybody thinks that Carlson is a very not good, like, defenseman, as a defenseman. But he is. No, he's <laughs> right. But the thing is, it's like, there is 
defensemen on winning teams that are doing their defensive job. They don't have the offensive stats, but they're doing their job defensively. That's what I'm saying. Like, I don't understand how it's like, yeah, his team's bad around him too, but it's like at the same time, what is his, he? What's so his, his, ad, his, his advanced stats are like really good offensively. I'm sure like the, it's, it's tough to only minus 12. Not as bad as it's, it's tough to pin like all of the defensive flaws on one person right. where everybody needs to contribute. But when you're performing as well offensively, it's easier because like you're the one in control of the puck, right? So like if you're performing well offensively, that's all on you. But if you're out there for a minus, like, dude, you could have just stepped on the fucking ice. Like and, yeah. and get scored on. Like it's hard to, to measure the defensive side more than like the offensive side. So that's why I'm just like I've watched him play like plenty of times. He's not bad defensively. Like the team's just not good. <laughs> and I say this, I say this, I love EK65. I'm so oh, yeah. glad he's back and all that kind of stuff. I just think though, it's like when your argument about why he should win the Norse is because he leads all defensemen in points. To me, that's not oh, a good yeah. argument for it. Yeah, it should it should really be best offensive defenseman. Exactly. Like, and then the Nicholas Yalmerson trophy. Exactly. <laughs> like that's why like there needs to be like players like Jalmerson are go get no recognition in this league because they're not oh, point yeah. guys. It's and also that's... hard to just I mean, other than just registering blocks and like hits, possibly as like the main factors. I don't know, even if you maybe adding plus minus, but like that's like I said, it's a tough stat to kind of put in there. But those more defensive aspects like blocks, right? That's something you would want to look at as a guy that's going to probably be winning more of a defensive trophy. Right. It's just it's crazy to me that you have best like essentially best offensive player, which ends up being the heart. Essentially, you have best defensive or two way forward. So the best offensive defenseman or offensive or defensive offensive player. Yes. Offensive forward. The Selkie. Yeah, yes. The, Selkie. the most defensive forward. You have the, the best goalie. And then it's like, you just have one trophy for defensemen all in one. Just make yeah. another trophy and just call it like that. <sighs> yeah. Like, I don't understand if you, if you felt like you needed to have best defensive forward as a trophy. I don't understand why not having the best offensive defenseman as a trophy. Yeah, I don't understand that. That, to me, blows my mind, but I don't know. Way off topic, um, deep in the preview for NHL talk, I guess. I don't know. Um, But, yeah, so state of the tankathon, how are you feeling? Fine. I'm actually a little worried because the Hawks (laughs) are playing so well. (laughs) Like, it's, it's, I'm fine because we haven't been winning tons of games, but I'm worried because we've been in every single game. <laughs> Doing- it's like it's it's always coming down to like the third period, and then it's like I are they gonna hold on to this lead? Like what's what's gonna happen? They're doing just enough to keep us out of that bottom two that guarantees yeah. a top three pick. That's the problem. Like that's where I'm like, oh shit. Yeah. <laughs> because we don't get a top no. three pick, all of this was for nothing. No, let's I, be, mean, let's, I mean, let's be it's really like top four is probably pretty good, but I don't know. San Jose, I just want to know what their like. What do the strength of schedules look like for the bottom 
I know the Hawks have like a really tough schedule. That's what I remember. But I don't remember what I didn't look at the other teams. All right, let's see. Remaining schedule, strength of schedule. Um, I'm assuming so the Vancouver's got the easiest schedule. Um yeah. the Blackhawks, according to this, have the nineteenth hardest schedule left. Oh no. Um a, the Oh Tankathon. <laughs> Let's see. So... Columbus has the fifth easiest schedule or fifth hardest schedule. Uh and San Jose. Why can I never find oh, San, San Jose, Jose is nine. Oh, San Jose's got Hawks have a pretty easy schedule in comparison to the bottom teams. But also look at who see, and this is the one thing Tinkathon has Washington as an easy opponent. Yeah. Which I mean St. Louis. That's that's such an odd team to put as like an easy opponent when they're still like in the hunt, technically, right? And the way Vancouver's Uh, playing kind of we have two games against Vancouver and the way they're playing right now. Right. I mean, it's like it's it's so. Philadelphia, I give them that one. Arizona, I give them that one. But Arizona has been always good. Um, St. Louis always plays against the Hawks, no matter what they got going. Oh, yeah. on, they always show up against the Hawks. Washington, I feel it always shows up against the Hawks. Calgary, I mean, they're kind of getting their shit in order too. I yeah, the, those teams are like needing to make pushes. Calgary's just outside the playoffs right now. So is Nashville. It's so weird. How does Calgary have the 29th hardest schedule remaining when they have two games against Vegas, two games against LA, Dallas, Winnipeg, and Nashville? That's their hardest opponents. Like, how is that? That seems like a hard fucking schedule. Oh, the Pacific's not that good. But then they play San Jose. They play us. They play the Ducks. And Vancouver. And like I said, Vancouver was still, I mean, because of the season so far, Vancouver is not considered that good of a team, even it's, though they have been on fire. Yeah. It's not, it's not, it's not taking into consideration like the last like 10 games. Oh, yeah. I get that. I just, yeah. It seems like just those are all playoff teams that they're, they're facing under the, so you think that that would bump it up a little bit difficult, more difficult. Um, all right. So, yeah, it's crazy to see under 15, under 20 games left in the season. Yeah. Um let's go. Yeah. <laughs> Last, let's okay. let's do okay. All right. Uh before we move on to other stuff, three stars of the week. Um, I think you have to give Radish the first star. Yeah. He had six goals and one assist in the four games with his first NHL hat trick, which is pretty sick. Bam. Um second star. Um I mean, I would probably say like Mrazic. He had a really good week. Um, it sucks that he got hurt. <laughs> yeah. Mrazic left the game against, I guess we could throw that in there. He left the game against Boston with looks like his third groin injury of the season. Yeah. So we might get to see, it might be Dolby time. Yeah. I mean, it, you know, like every, every time we hear like some moves being made, I'm like, okay, cool. Like they're really trying their best to like, <laughs> not, not too make good. Sure this team doesn't do well. And then, I mean, <laughs> Luke Richardson just 
gets them to play great. <laughs> yeah, does he? Okay, real quick. Uh, so Radish. No, hold on. Third star. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and that's what I say before we move that. Yeah. Um. Third line. Third line. Third line, man. Yeah, because like Jujar, Kyra, Boris Kachuk, and Joey Anderson had a, a pretty good week. They all were a point per game over the four games with Kyra having five assists in, in the four games. And then Kachuk and Anderson both had two goals and two assists. They just, they were getting it done. I mean, plus I think Kyra had a, a fight. <laughs> like, got engaged? Yeah, man. Oh, yeah, he did. He got engaged too. So that's awesome. So, oh, yeah. <laughs> All right, it's back to uh, Luke Richardson. Yes. Does he get enough credit for what he's doing this year? Dude, also, Cairo is a plus five. <laughs> Sorry. He's a plus What? <laughs> That's pretty sick. Um, yeah, I don't think Luke, Luke Richardson's getting enough credit this year, but I can definitely see like as his team grows, he'll probably be a Jack Adams Award like nominee at least. When we win the cup next year, when we have Connor Bedard. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, for sure. Right, put it on uh, board. Which, I remember which button here was the was the the drum. I'm not gonna hit um, but yeah, no, I think I we've talked about this before. We were expecting that we wanted the sexy candidate. We wanted like trots or something like that. Yeah. But, and then when we got Luke, we're like, uh, okay. But you know what? He's put an identity back into this team. Like it's great to see that this team's playing with heart with passion given the situation that they're 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 put in with like an essentially a no win situation and they're and they're getting wins. Yeah. It's nice and they're or they're staying really close and tight in these games. And like part of it too I I think it's also coming from the goaltending. Like I've said over and over and over and over again, like these guys have been keeping them in games. But I mean the team is playing well as a whole too. Yeah. Um but no, it's nice to see some systematic hockey being played again. I kind of felt like between, I mean, the Colleton era, there just was no systems. This team was just running around playing rad hockey. And for the first time since Q shows up, showed up, it feels like this team has got direction and path. And if he's doing this with essentially the, the land of misfit toys of a lineup, what's, he, what's it going to happen when we start contending again and we start putting guys on this roster to to win you know right when he well also with the fact that we're trying to build through the draft and such so these guys are going to be coming into the team he's going to be molding them it's not like we're just like making this team out of spare parts from other players or from other teams it's like these are guys that we're looking to like fill in and fit into this system that he wants to instill in everybody i guess um you know what i just noticed that i didn't realize uh, Connor Murphy was a scratch in Florida in the Florida games. Did you notice that? Was he? He was, because I was just checking when I was checking like the stats for the week. It just said he only played two games, and I looked back, and he he was scratched for both Florida and Tampa. I don't remember seeing anything about him not playing. Isn't that uh, weird? Yeah, I didn't even notice that. I guess I guess that's what happens when uh it's weird. It doesn't even say in the game notes about why he would be. Right. So I mean, that's why I was just like, wait, did he really not play? Like that's so weird. 
interesting. Yeah, I did not notice that. Well, there you go. Yeah, Jones, <laughs> Isev, Tenorti, Ruse, Mitchell, and Caleb Jones. Interesting. Oh, all right. Well, there's that. I don't know. Um, other quick roster notes, though. Speaking of that, um, the Hawks shut down Cole Gutman for the remainder of the season. Uh, he has having soldier shoulder surgery, um, and expected to be ready by training camp this fall. Uh, Coach Richardson said that they knew about the injury that he was essentially playing until he couldn't go no more. Um, it was back in November he suffered this injury. So as you mentioned earlier about can't wait to see him when he's healthy. Like this is what he's doing at like whatever percentage he was at. Holy yeah. shit, let's go. Yeah. <laughs> I've been like he's just been really fun to watch because man, just the confidence that he shows with the puck and just being in the right place at the right time. I think I don't again to go with like Luke Richardson, like I think he's putting him in a great situation when he's you the way that he's using him too. Like it's, I feel like it's another one of those situations where it could end up being like a Brandon Hagel type thing because he was a six round pick that ended up not signing with his team, and we just got him for nothing. <laughs> that yeah. could, hey, like great, like I love the way I love it when guys are playing hard and getting rewarded. But yeah, so hopefully he recovers speedy recovery, no complications, and he comes back and he's <sighs> no speedy recovery. Take your time, <laughs> in a sense that he's ready for next year. <laughs> Yeah. That's all I care about. No, no starting like in the middle of the season coming back type of thing. Let's. Oh let's yeah, go. yeah. Day one. Let's yeah. go. He's supposed to get he. So yeah, he's supposed to get surgery. I don't. Is that he was like when they announced it? It's like he was traveling to LA to have it, so he probably already yeah. had surgery. So, yeah. uh, Potts made a couple college signings. Um, the first one that was announced was Ryder Rolston. Yeah. Right. Um, he is a forward from Notre Dame. Uh, he ranked third on the team in scoring with 20 points, seven goals, and 13 assists through 27 games this year. Um, yeah, I mean, this is, I think he came over in the trade with, uh, what was it? Oh, shit. Colorado. Colorado for Carl Soderberg. Soderberg. It was in the Soderberg. Remember when we had Soderberg during like the COVID shortened season? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, dude. So, yeah, he. Big guy, six foot two. Uh, he was originally a fifth round draft pick in the 2020 uh, draft by Colorado. Uh, son of Brian Rolston, who is a Stanley Cup champion. Or the Islander, no, not the Islanders. Or who was it with? Was it Jersey? Know. Jersey, maybe. Yeah, I don't know. Probably Jersey. So or he Colorado, was, I think. Yeah, he's being. He is reported to Rockford. Um, he was three year with uh, what was it, the eight seven five cap hit, I believe. Eight nine five. Eight nine five. Okay. Um, and then the other signing was defenseman Wyatt Kaiser. He spent the last season with the University of Minnesota Duluth in thirty five games this year. He had five goals, eighteen assists, or twenty three points. Um, he's reportedly joining the team right away. Yeah, he's right. On, he's on the the big boy roster. He was drafted by the Hawks in the same draft, 2020, but he was the third round, 81st overall pick, the Marion Hosa of that draft. Oh. So, yeah, we, this is another guy that's kind of, everybody's kind of been talking about him as a potential, like, 
good piece for the defensive core going forward. Um, it's just it's awesome to finally start seeing some of these guys signing and moving up and yeah, you know, being actually with the team. I'm excited for like the it's we've always had such a the the solid team for the last like ten years that it was always the same rotation of like NHLers just coming in trying to fill in and and make the team good. Now we're starting to see that there's openings on this squad for like all of our prospects to just show us what they got. And I think that's more exciting because at some point, like you, you can get so surprised, like a guy that's drafted third, fifth, like sixth round, whatever, like comes out and then just, just dominates the NHL ice for some reason. You're like, Hey, fuck. Yeah, man. (laughs) So are you, are you more willing to let those third, four, fifth, sixth round guys sign and play right away? Than you are of guys like Gorchinski, uh, oh Mizzler yeah, and all that kind of stuff. Like the, oh, it's a little bit oh, different, yeah. different process with those two. Like yeah, you you don't want to rush the guys that are, I mean Gorchinski and Azar and everybody that was just drafted last year. But like Kaiser, he's twenty twenty, so that's almost three years like ago. Like this was probably like his rights were probably gonna end or his signing rights were probably gonna expire, so they got him on a deal. He's played what the last three or four se- three years in the NCAA. So he, uh, that's what I think one of the more exciting things now is that like the NCAA has produced a lot of guys now. It used to be like every one one or two guys, like you, you get some standouts, but like now there's a lot of guys making it straight into the NHL, like after staying with their teams for a couple seasons and then making huge impacts. And we'll see what happens, but it could be anything can happen really, you know, like <laughs> pretty yeah, I mean, fucking cool. It was a career year for him this year um, with the 23 points in the, in the previous two seasons with Minnesota Duluth, he had 19 or 19 points and 10 points. So, I mean, he's going the right direction. So it doesn't matter how is it going to transition to uh, the NHL or at least the AHL. It's- yeah. And like I said, just getting these guys that kind of ice time to show us what they got is, I think it's just awesome. <laughs> um, the last thing I have here for Hawks talk is the news that came out about Patrick Kane. Uh, we reported yesterday, a news article came out that five months ago, I believe it was. He yeah, it just said several months ago. Yeah, bought a house in Lake Forest. Mm-hmm. So now, of course, everybody's got the tinfoil hat on. Um, oh, he's coming back. No, he, he never wanted to be traded, all this kind of stuff. And it's, it is a weird move, but at the same time, I believe his wife or his girlfriend is from Chicago. I mean, yeah. he's here for 16 years. Yeah. I mean, I, it's totally, he has a, he, he has a kid now too. Yeah. It's like, why would you, I don't know where he was living prior, but like, why not get a massive house? Cause you have a great contract <laughs> like you can afford it it was only like a five million dollar house too and when i say only like a five million dollar house, <laughs> i mean your his contract is 10.5 for a year but oh, look out here comes the poor patrick kane on with his yeah. five million dollar like, house I, right like you you have like a newborn son no point in being in like a condo or some shit in downtown like hey patrick kane's all about that summertime shy like off season, he'll come out live in Chicago and enjoy the nice time of the year. And then when hockey season comes on, he goes to wherever he signs. 
I still don't think he's coming back. I really like if the reports are true with what happened between the headbutting after the 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 Debrinket trade and the Strom release and all that, and then just the wording of his goodbye to Chicago, the Chicago fans. I don't think he's coming back. I I wouldn't be surprised if he does. I just I don't know. I just don't think he's coming back. And I think anybody that is really holding on to that fact of him coming back, like, no, don't worry, he's coming back. He's coming. He's like the little kid, like sitting at the porch after his dad drives away, and he's like, no, no, he's coming back. He's coming back. Like, come on, he's coming back. Like that's Patrick Kane just went to get cigarettes. So <laughs> just just relax. He's he'll be back any minute. Oh shit. Um yeah, so that's that's interesting. Um I got a transition between NHL and Hawks Talk, but do you have anything else for Hawks Talk? No, it was just the only thing I had was Mrazic Hurt, but we talked about that. Yeah. Um the other thing that I just saw recently was that there's uh I was curious why Bjork wasn't playing, but he's injured too. Yeah, he and... was Florida, I think, in the second period. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And then um andreas england got hurt back in the sixth but he was put on i don't know if he was put on whatever but he hamstring on march 8th is what it says gotcha um so that makes sense but yeah that's why i'm confused about the connor murphy thing because it doesn't he wasn't injured he's just scratched you know it's not roster management anymore. The trade deadline's passed unless they're going to trade right. him and not. Let it be I mean, there's been some <laughs> post trade deadline trades. Yeah. The second those trades go through, they can, you can still make trades, but whatever you trade is not eligible to play in the playoffs. Yes. So it's, I thought it, I saw somewhere it wasn't for the, re- they weren't re- eligible for the regular season either, but oh, I don't really? know. I know. Yeah. I saw for sure. I don't I remember sure. ever seeing that before this time. I always just thought it was playoffs, but it's I a lot of teams. It was, t- it was like Ottawa getting rid of guys to like Arizona for future considerations. And it was like, okay, like even if those guys aren't playing anyway, it's not like they're making the playoffs in the first place. Yeah. Um, yeah. Usually those trades you see are just for like either minor league guys or like signing rights for people that are, are coming up or something like yeah. that. It's never like big. Or they're, well, yeah, they're probably making some roster space just in, in order to sign some like college kids or something like that, you know, like, Stuff like that. Yeah. Um, all right. So switching over to NHL talk, the nice little transition there is we keep talking about how we are feeling about the Bedard sweepstakes and the Tankathon and all that. Well, guess what? Our answer all our questions will be answered May 8th at 7 p.m. Eastern time, I believe it was. Um, the draft lottery is scheduled to take place. So May 8th, mark on your calendars. We will finally know if we are the biggest winners of the season or if we are going to be depressed and fall or off the, the rebuild's going to take a bit longer than we want. Exactly. <laughs> May but 8th. It's a- Motherfucker. <laughs> it's a Monday. Yeah. Just because it, it's 7 p.m. Eastern is like right when I get off of work. Like- so we can ruin, we can, so they, they do it on a Monday. So they just ruin the entire week for everybody. Yeah, pretty much. But oh. So it looks like someone's got a case of the Mondays. So fingers crossed, top two Blackhawks, because the more I see about Fantelli, the more I'm like, ooh, I'd be totally okay with yeah. that too. Yeah. <laughs> um, speaking of Patrick Kane, though, too, he recorded got his um recorded his 50th point last night in his game, 
And why that's so big is that he now passed Mike Madonna for most 50-point seasons by an American-born player. So, Some would say he's the greatest American-born player of all time. He's getting, he got, he's going to be. He's getting there. Um, New York fans really changed their tone about him, too. They were very upset about him. Yo, I saw this one kind of awesome shirt that somebody had. It was like him doing his celly where he's grabbing the ice, and it says Showtime on Broadway. And I was like, that's kind of sick. <laughs> I love it. Oh, it still shit, does. Man. It just doesn't look right to me. Um, yeah, it looks weird. It looks so weird. weird. Just blue in general on him looks weird. <laughs> yeah. Um, also going on right now are the GM meetings. Um, some of the topics that were touched on were the expansion talk that uh, Gary Bettman says that cities have reached out about expansion, teams like Houston, teams like Atlanta, teams like Quebec. Um, they've listened to them, but they are in no uh, no means ready to expand the league. That's not even on the on the agenda right now, which it shouldn't be. I don't understand why they would go more than 32 teams. Um also said that it's only a matter of weeks before the uh, Ottawa Senators are sold. And interesting enough that that comes out is Ryan Reynolds just sold his Mint Mobile to T-Mobile for like $1.5 billion. And yeah. he is part of a group trying to bid to own the Ottawa Senators. So Deadpool is going to own an NHL team. Let's go. Yeah. I think it would just be really cool to have like somebody like Ryan Reynolds, who's so like popular Eat something in, like that. in the mainstream to be like an owner of an NHL team. And it's like, look at like NBA, like Mark Cuban, like this is the person. Well, Mark Cuban's part. known for being a fucking owner. But I'm saying, <laughs> like, like the personality, right? the personality part of it. It's like, you need that. Like NHL needs personality because they sure as hell aren't getting it from their players. Like, yeah, like somebody was like <laughs> McDavid. We we're going to talk about McDavid as like the most points by an active player. Yeah, he has he has the highest point season among active players and with one hundred and twenty nine, and he still has fourteen fucking games left. And somebody compared him talking about how his season's going to like um, Ben Stein and Ferris Bueller, where the the boring professor just totally monotone no excitement no like whatever it's like you need guys like you need zegris to get up to that level and and all that kind of stuff and just have fucking fun with it like the NHL i wonder i wonder how much of it goes into the fact that players probably <laughs> if they were able to just like talk how they normally would be like well fucking uh it's been a fucking great time out on the ice with the boys just fucking ripping it and just like okay well can you not say any of that Okay, yeah, we had a great time out on the ice. Um, we can play hard, get pucks deep, crash the net. <laughs> um, oh. The last thing from the GM meetings that I saw tweet-wise that was kind of stood out to me was that they are pretty much set that the cap is only going to go up by like a million dollars next year. So, Tight. so Blackhawks will be able to take advantage of teams who need calorie, or salary cap space. Oh, yeah. Blackhawks taking advantage of teams. Let's go. Um, Kyle Davidson. Yeah. The other thing I have too here is um, ratings increase. There was that report earlier. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Earlier there's a report that the 
the the viewership was actually down for NHL, but now there was a report that came out, I think yesterday or today, um, that it says that that's not true. There's actually a rate increase. ABC games are up 19%, um, which has seen an increase of 1.1 million viewers. Um, what the fuck is on ABC? They have Sunday games or weekend games. Oh, do they really? Yeah. Now that the um, NFL is not going on? Yeah. Same thing like when the NHL went to NBC. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But later in the year. Um, and then the Sunday NHL on TNT games, uh, Sunday coverage is actually up 42% from last season. So cool. people are starting to watch. Yeah. It's like, I mean, it's, it's one of those things that's like tough because it is like a, quite a long season. NFL is pretty huge. Like it's such a short season. So every week really means like a shit ton to every team. And so that's why that gets like so much coverage. But this is the time of year as the Hawks or not as the Hawks, as the NHL gets into playoff time. That's when it's like, oh shit, NHL playoffs are about to start. And that's when a lot of people that are like casual fans are like, this is when it gets real fucking good. And that's when you'll see like things jump up. I saw something on like Instagram saying that the, um, the stadium series game between Carolina and Washington was like a huge like success actually and I was like I didn't even know that game was fucking happening exactly but... that's the, same, like, the marketing and it's like I don't know how the viewership's going up when it's like I never know when any of these events are except for the winter classic because it's always yeah day except this year was, the, uh, was the second yeah it, I, I never know when the stadium series games are even when the Hawks were in them I had no fucking clue when those games, games would be the all-star game I had it, it was like week of until I figured out what day it was because they did all the promotion for the team but they never put when the game was yeah they just said all these players are going to watch these guys in the all-star game cool when is it yeah you got to figure it it's, out hasn't happened yet I'll tell you what <laughs> <laughs> but yeah I just NHL has got to step up their PR and their marketing like that's that's the main thing it's like that's why the NBA is so good. The NFL is so good. It's like they got great marketing. Um, mm-hmm. But, yeah. Uh, let's see. You already mentioned Boston Bruins, the first team to clinch the playoff spot. San Jose Sharks. First team eliminated. Yeah. <clears throat> and then it's just Andre Sveshnikov's out, man. That's Out for the rest of the season, which is so shitty because – I feel like for the last like few years, something happens to him like as they get into the playoffs or or in or they're in the playoffs. Because a few years ago when they were playing in Washington, he got completely knocked into the next Tuesday by fucking Alex Ovechkin in a fight and he was unable to play the rest of the playoffs. Like a few years ago, they were playing Boston and I think Chara was still on the team. And Char put his entire body weight on him and fucked his legs up, and he was done for the rest of the playoffs. Yeah. And then this year, now he's got an ACL injury, and he's done for the rest of the season plus the playoffs. Like, kid can't fucking catch a break towards the he end of the year in the playoffs. Dude, he was sitting there. There was like reports that he was sitting there, like in tears, apologizing to to Brenda Moore and the GM and all that kind of stuff. Like, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Like, like fuck, man. He's so good. Yeah. And it's like I like I love watching him play like when I when I can. It's just like whenever the Hawks are playing him, really. And it's it's so frustrating to see him go down with those kinds of injuries. Like in a like on the NHL's biggest stage, like he's getting fucking hurt and it sucks. 
He's so good, though. God damn it. I was about dude. to say, Carolina could still catch Boston. They're only nine points back. But then I looked at They play the same amount of games. That's fucking insane. <laughs> oh, yeah. Holy huh. shit. Um, but, yeah. So, that's unfortunate. Hopefully, Carolina's got enough depth to where it won't be that big of a deal. Because I would love to see Carolina go on a run. Carolina, New Jersey. Like, those are the two teams. New York, I'm pulling for just because of that first-round draft pick. Mm-hmm. implications but i would love to see carolina new jersey come out of the east i just want to check the draft that he was in so then 2018 entry draft i think he might have the most points yeah he does oh wow yeah he's got three more so especially cock has three more games played than brady kachuk and five more points he's also a plus 35 to kachuk's minus 57 and what's funny is like you'd think that like Brady could Brady could check out the 465 penalty minutes. You're like, wow, like that's a lot. Like Spechnikov has 310. Like <laughs> he also, he's not he's not shy to go to the box. It's crazy how close their stats are. Svech actually had like here's oh wow, I didn't even realize this. Svechnikov has 112 goals to Kachuk's 117, and Svechnikov has 152 assists to Kachuk's 142. That's a pretty good, that's a that's a really good. Like uh, second and fourth overall pick. Oh, and then there's Cuck in the Emmy, who's also on Carolina now. But yeah, that's that's two good, really good players. God damn, man! <laughs> all right, um, that's it. That's all I got. You got anything else? No, I don't all think right. so. Episode two fifteen or two sixteen. What are we calling it? Cold gutted man. Cold gutted man. Yeah. <laughs> you- Wish we were watching him play more. I'm gutted. That's a good one. <laughs> All right, episode 216, Cole Gutted Man. Um, make sure to follow us on Spotify. Subscribe to the YouTube channel, Apple Podcasts, five-star review on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Um, social media at WCB Podcast. And yeah, we will we'll see you on the next one. All right. Love, boys. Bye. Thanks for listening to the WCB podcast. Be sure to subscribe wherever you heard this podcast. To connect with Jerem and Tanner, check out the boys at WCB podcast on all social media. We'll see you next time.